podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to, I don't know what we're calling this, Mike, special edition PSR. Let's make it sound dramatic, update thing, where <laughs> Everton have had announced they've got themselves four points back. And I thought we need to understand how the Everton fans are feeling about this, what it's looking like from their perspective. And then that might give us a bit more of an insight into what we can expect from our charges. So who have we got better? Oh, the one, the only, Everton Mike. You guys know him from Beat the Drop. How you doing, Mikey boy? Yeah, mate, I'm good, I'm good. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll rattle through today's video, no doubt. But I... Um, <laughs> we'll see, mate, we'll see, we'll see. It's it's better than nothing, can it? <laughs> In it, man, in it. But before I ask you about the point stuff, right, let me just quickly <laughs> ask you about the actual charge because I think a lot of people are just putting Forrest and Everton's issues together under one basket. Ours is obviously with Brennan Johnson and the sale and what have you. Yours is more around the stadium, isn't it? You can just give a quick overview to the Forest fans just so they understand it better. Yeah, so the breach was based on nine different charges, um, disclosure of information, um transfer dealings um funds for the stadium um and that was the big one um the interest payments on loans against the mm. stadium so they were the big ones everton have obviously tried to mitigate against that basically saying that you know we'd signed a naming rights deal um and if it wasn't for the ukraine war that would have been in place and we would have had some money from that um the other argument was that these costs have increased dramatically over the last three years due to inflation, which the PSR numbers don't include or look at inflation. So, yeah. you know, our five hundred million pound stadium has actually cost closer to eight hundred million. So, um, and bearing in mind that is self-funded, the interest payments on that are, you know, substantial, and and it essentially does eat into trade um, into player signings and and trading which it didn't the first year of psr so what happened was they changed the rules midway through and everton everton have had nowhere to go fundamentally mm. and that's why they broke last year's they'll break this year's and and we may well break the year after but it will all be because of the costs against the loans on the stadium and they they talk about competitive advantage well i can assure you <laughs> that Everton, Everton's team is not competitive enough for my liking. So, uh, yeah, mate, I ain't feeling that argument. But that's so, the reason, fundamentally. So the one that you've broken this year, so to speak, is that still linked in with the stadium? It's just a knock-on effect? That'd be yeah, right? and, and, and it will be the same next year. So, so fundamentally, as you know, they look at a three-year view. Yeah. Um, which is 105 million. And what they're saying is we, we breached 105 million from the last period, which is by 19 million. So we're going to have breached it for this period and then potentially next period. So Everton, essentially, if they get another points deduction this season, fundamentally, it's going to sound like it's double jeopardy where we've been done for the same thing twice fundamentally because mm. <laughs> a third of those that conviction, or actually I think it's two-thirds of that conviction, were in the last two period years. Yeah. So Everton's argument will be that we should, if we are going to get a points penalty, we should get two points. We should. It should be a two-points penalty rather than six points in the next one. 
um, which is very different to obviously your situation and, and you know, player trading. And, I mean, it still it makes me laugh, to be honest. It makes me laugh. We were, we were being flippant on messages, weren't we, after, before? You know, and you are. You have been deemed to have gained a sporting advantage by selling Brennan Johnson. Explain that to me. In the summer, where there were no yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a sporting advantage on the pitch. It, it's like they're making the rules up as they go along. And that, that's the thing that frustrates me. And, you know, Forrest have had their date announced today. The hearing's the 8th and 9th next Thursday and Friday. With yeah. the outcome coming, um, I think, mid-April, 15th of April. With then, five days later, Forrest versus Everton at Goodison. That's going to be funny <laughs> games, isn't it? Yet we're still sitting here, mate. 115 charges against Man City. Richard, or Dick Masters as I call him, not saying <laughs> a word still about when their date is going to be. Like, are we are we wrong to say corruption in the Premier League? Like, we've seen all the signs and everything from Everton, but how how's the mood in the fan base about the corruption in the Premier League? Is it still holding strong? Yeah, I mean, it's rife, mate. It's it's absolutely rife. And it's not just been in the Premier League this season. There's different organisations that run with the Premier League. They're equally as corrupt. You know, the PGML. How many decisions have gone against Everton or Forest? And, and Wolves have had loads yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, how many decisions where you sit there and go, are you joking? We had a mm. red card given to an opposition for the first time in like two years. Last last game against Brighton, and we still bottled it, by the way. But we we actually got a red card. We haven't been given a penalty in, I think, it's three years. And you sit there and you think, I've seen some of the penalties that Liverpool have got, Manchester United have got, Man City have got, Arsenal have got. You can't tell me from all of the times I've shouted penalty, you know, going yeah. absolutely mad. You can't tell me one of them isn't a penalty. So... I've I've almost washed my hands with the the Premier League, the PGML, all of it. I've washed my hands. Football has clearly become a game where the most money talks. Um, there were some stats about season tickets today. I don't know if you've seen them, but you can see the clubs that have sold their souls to, for corporate money against teams that are still supporting local real fans. Um, it's appalling, mate. The, the state of football in the UK is appalling. And if I'm being brutally honest, if it wasn't for the fact I loved Everton, yeah. I wouldn't be interested in football. I wouldn't be bothered. Um, it's taken yeah, the mate, life. It's taken the fun out of it. It's taken the soul out of, you know, growing up. When, when as kids, mate, would we ever sit there and talk about, oh, financial fair player this or that or that? It was all about the performances on the pitch, what player was good, who was crap. You know, yes, there was dodgy refereeing decision even back then, but it was still part and parcel of the natural game. None of this, P I don't call them PGMOL, man. I call them PGLOL, man, because they're an absolute <laughs> joke, man. They really are. Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing that frustrates me. You've got you've got institutions like IFAB creating rules on refereeing, and I sit there and I just think, where's our game gone? Like, why mm. isn't it that non-biased English referees are just doing their job 
following the, their own rule book that's been created in the UK that is the same for all hundreds of however many thousands of clubs there are in the UK. They're the same, whether it be top of the league, top of the Premier League, to the lowest division of the lowest region of the lowest Sunday League standard, wherever. It is a joke, mate. And fundamentally, the rules this season have highlighted how biased they are towards the big six. You've got Dick Masters, who's been made to look like an idiot in front of government and the committee. You've had the PGML look like idiots because they've had to apologise to God knows how many teams this season. You've seen IFAB creating blue cards. I mean, so you sit there and you think football's finished. The football, the sport that we loved as kids, you know, I, I loved Mikel Arteta, Tim Cahill, you know, as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. I used to love going and watching Everton at home, being aggressive, aiming for fifth in the league. That was great. That was that was fun times for me. And I have to watch not only Sean Deichball, but I have all of these teeth, all of this shit around us, which, if I'm being honest, is, is shocking. It's absolutely shocking. So, yeah, mate, yeah, uh, it's it's dog shit. Yeah, it saps the life out of you. It really does. I miss the good old days. But let, let's just jump back to these um, kind of findings today, right? So they've given you four points back out of the 10 you've lost. That's pushed you up to 15th. But obviously, you've still got the other charge uh, yeah. around your neck like we do. A couple of those things that Everton said in their statement, I don't know if you've seen it, but I just kind of yeah. wanted to run you by it because there's a bit of a link between the Forest stuff here. Um, it was this line here where it says, the club is also particularly pleased with the appeals board decision to overturn the original commission's finding that the club failed to act in the utmost good faith. Um, what Do you know what that's about? Are they saying yeah. that initially that Everton were like denying or blocking yeah. any help? What was that about? They, they said we'd lied about documentation for the stadium um, where they fundamentally can't prove that Everton lied. Now, mm. acting in good faith, as you know, is that the information they submitted to the, to at the time um, was what they call in good faith. So it was to best of their knowledge, their yeah. open book policy. Everton, whether it was deliberate or not, they missed something. Don't know what it was, but they missed something to do with payments to the stadium. Um, the Premier League looked at that really, really negatively, and and the appeals board uh, and the board and the committee they looked at that really negatively. So fundamentally, by them saying, "Yeah, fair enough, you didn't do that," it probably just makes Everton feel better. Irrespective of that document was missing, mm -hmm. so. So whether it was a oversight, whether it was deliberate, we're probably never going to know. But the facts yeah. are, they said they couldn't prove that, so it was wrong of them to accuse Everton of that. Therefore, yeah. Everton are glad that that's been rectified. But when it came to like Everton cooperating with the Premier League and everything like that, there was no issues there, was it? Once you actually... accepted the... Did you accept the charges to start with, or did they fight first? No, so they accepted the charges because based on the new rules, they had to. They put their hands up because it was very much a case of 
The new rules are this. They include the stadium costs. Therefore, we broke it. And there's not very little we can do about it at this point. We're already into the next season. So they had yeah. to go. Yeah. Just like they've had to on the second time, they've had to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we broke it. But that's based on those metrics which changed during COVID. Conveniently, once Spurs had finished their stadium, for example. Convenient. Conveniently. Very convenient. Yeah, Although, you could be Manchester United, have just had a billion pound invested in you for twenty five percent, and still want taxpayers' money for a stadium, eh? Exactly. Yeah, Wembley of the North, huh? Wembley of the North. <laughs> yeah, it's called Bramley Moor. <laughs> so the uh, the other key thing is was the whole Portsmouth thing. When Portsmouth went into liquidation, they got hit with nine points. That's why I was shocked when you got ten points. In the first place, if going insolvent is a nine-point penalty, and as far as I'm aware, you guys didn't, then how the hell did they come up with this ten-point deduction in the first place? That's what makes me scratch my head. That's the thing to me that makes me think this is goddamn corruption because oh. you can't have that. With the metric there is no set punishment for the crime, and that's the bit to me that's just disgusting. Well, well, yeah, I mean, there wasn't up until Everton. And we, we've, mm. look, Everton fans will talk about this until, you know, the cows come home. But Everton have been the first for quite a lot of things in English football, a lot of them positive to do with stadiums and, mm. uh, you know, the history. Never been of relegated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's also some firsts that Everton aren't happy about, you know, first time. Everton had a player sent off for simulation. It was Umani Ass, for example, he got a red card. It was an absolute stonewall penalty, but he got sent off anyway. Um, there's been other occasions. Everton, I think, have gone the longest without a penalty in Premier League history, but blah, blah, blah. So any Everton fan, including me, will tell you there is a vendetta against the Premier League to get Everton relegated because I am absolutely convinced of it. However, I appreciate and hope that that isn't really the case. Mm. But I would love to know the explanation from the Premier League then that goes, we decided to give you 10 points because. Yeah. And and that that they haven't answered. The committee meeting where Masters was, was in um, coming up to those decisions, the minutes the government requested at that committee meeting, he's, he's refused to give them. So something doesn't add up. And he actually come out, the Premier League statement was absolute rubbish. And he basically yeah. said, we don't have to give them, so we're not going to give them. Yeah, exactly. Making it up as they go along. It's ridiculous, man. Shocking. It really is. Yeah. But the positive is, and this sounds awful, but for any club that does it now, Everton have been scapegoated. So Everton have been, you know, put on this pedestal. This is what's going to happen. This is how it is. So now we know, you know, that it talks about in the EFL sanctions, which is what they should have followed in the first place. And you'll yeah. know about this and you'll come on to this, no doubt. It's between six and nine points, depending on how serious the breach is. Yeah. Now, I do not know about Forrest's situation, apart from on the outside looking in. Yeah. It looks like it's a Brennan Johnson transfer that you guys refused to do prior to... July, yeah, yeah, because you wanted to get twenty million pound more money in July, which absolutely makes sense to any normal yeah. football fan. 
The argument will be on the other side where you shouldn't have spent £20 more in the summer that season. Now, look, we can have that argument all day long. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is there's always mitigating circumstances. You might have sold £20 million worth of players, but they failed a medical you didn't know about or the clubs pulled out you didn't know about yeah. or something happened in that summer that has cost you meaning to sell Brennan Johnson nine months later at yeah. a lower price. It's just the whole thing stinks. But if you were to get nine points for that, how harsh is that based on what you've just said about going into administration would also be nine points? Because exactly. you're a well-run football club with an owner that's prepared to put his money in. Why is somebody governing how an owner spends their money? Can agree more, mate. And on top of that, add to that, that Forrest could only go 61 million in the red over the three-year period because of being in the championship for two years. And therefore, even if we... The max Forrest could have broken it by is 30 mil. So let's just say even Forrest broken it by 30 mil. That would put us 91 mil in the red, which is still below the 105 that you know the other 17-ish clubs would have been playing to. So we're already playing below a level playing field as it is. And, you know, all of these will mean nothing when they just turn around and go, you know, the rules are the rules, 61 mil, 61 mil. And, and, you know, the title is Profit and Sustainability. Well, we look to make profit. And when we spoke to Kieran Maguire, he was like, they've just relabeled it to make it, because FFP was all about financial fair play, and no one believed them about it being fair. So they put profitability as a word because it's a buzzword and so is sustainability. It's all just corruption, mate. And then they're going to look at to change it anyway. Yeah. You're frozen, bro. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with they're, they're looking to change it. Rumours are next year. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Man City get away with it. So does yeah. Chelsea. It's yeah. a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. They're changing it to be 70% of your income can be spent on players which will benefit the big six as they call them more than it would the other 14 it's just how, how does that how does that support teams like and this is no dig at these fans but bournemouth yeah luton yeah you know teams that have got stadiums that are like 20 25,000 how, how sheds sheds oh they, they are mate. come on let's do a 10k capacity <laughs> <laughs> you know, how does it support those teams? All it does is keep them planted at the bottom. It then has things like it helps teams like Newcastle because they've got a biggest, a slightly bigger stadium than the average. Yeah. It probably weirdly helps us because we will have a slightly bigger stadium than average. Yeah. And then it helps West Ham and the top six. That's yeah. it. That's all it helps. Any team that has got a stadium probably less than forty-five to to below it you're just eradicating them you're just yeah. eradicating them and the only reason Chelsea then get away with it is because they've already got those global you know they built that when they could build it 10 15 20 years ago under Abramovich yeah before exactly. that there was nothing there was there were nothing club with with no history yeah I remember those days. yeah I remember oh. those days and and the thing is all that's going to happen is the uh, clubs with less capacity, like your Bournemouth and Luton, they'll be forced to hike their ticket prices so high. And at the end of the day, that revenue is a drop in the ocean compared to the TV money and everything they get. 
it, it, kill, it kills the local fan bases, which again is all geared towards how much money is made. It's shocking. It, the Premier League, honest to God, I hate it. I hate it. And I, I haven't got another word for it. The way that it's been run over the last 10 to 15 years, it, it's criminal. It's mm. actually criminal. Like, literally, mm. I don't believe it's not dodge. I don't believe it. Yeah, well, the evidence is there, isn't it, for us to see exactly mm. how they're acting. It's a joke. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Mikey, right? Is there a case on this second charge for you guys that the punishment is worse? As in, uh, you know, if someone were to have robbed someone um, in a normal criminal court, hey. they get a year and then they do it again. Well, you've done it before you got a track record, therefore you're getting five years now. Is there, <laughs> and I know you don't, you won't know the insides now, but is that something maybe you guys are wary of that could happen? Yeah, I mean... I did mention it. Um, if you punch someone in the face once, mm. you tend to get a slap on the wrist. Mm. You punch someone in the face twice on a different occasion, you tend to get a sentence of some type. Mm. Now, I'm not being funny. It wouldn't surprise me if the Premier League went, you know what, they've done it once, we'll hit them with nine points now. Mm. It really wouldn't surprise me. But equally, mm. you know, if you read the EFL rules, they do talk about double jeopardy and they do talk about um, not being punished for the same thing. So fundamentally, I'm kind of hoping that we aren't punished for the same thing. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, and this is where nobody knows. And, and that, that wrecks the competitive game of football because Everton... Yeah. Play West Ham this weekend. Maybe we win. Highly unlikely because it's Everton, but maybe we win. <laughs> so we win. We've got 28 points. But really, in my head, I'm sitting there thinking, well, do we need to take another six off that? Because yeah. that makes yeah. 23 points. Yeah. And then and then then I'm working out Forest. If they get six points, they're there. And then what games are they gonna win? It, it's not the same as just going, right, Everton are aiming for 10th this season, which up until the points deduction, weirdly, we probably was, which yeah. I mean, it's shocking to say that, but we probably was. We had the points deduction, we won those four games, and then we've fallen apart since. I don't know. It, you're right, because I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, in the video we did today, I was like, okay, if Forrest now gets six, if Everton get another six... That puts Forest 18th, Everton's, uh, sorry, that puts Forest um, 18th, Everton 17th, 18 points, 19 points, and Luton on 20. And you're like, should we now consider us in the relegation zone and you guys one point out of the relegation zone? Mm -hmm. Or maybe we both end up with a fine. I mean, the Guardian today is saying no way in hell that we get away without points deduction. But they don't know. You don't know. I don't know. It's just It just ruins football because... The other thing is, Mike, when we come to the game, let's say on the 20th of April and we go down to your backyard, yeah? Both of us could potentially be in a situation where one point could be enough to keep us both safe, or we mm. may need three points, but because we may not know, we may have to both go out to play for a win. One team ends up with zero points. Could you relegate you that team that doesn't get the points? And the other team... If we had drawn, we may have been safe because this is a complete and utter mess, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so weird that Forrest could win that game of football and still get relegated. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, Everton could win that game and still get relegated. And it, you, you're sitting there, you are basically putting your club's whatever, financials, history, whatever, you're basically saying to three individuals that you talk about potentially being compromised. Well, the first commission that Everton had, there was a former director from West Ham who was there when Carlos Tevez and, and Mascarano were signed for them. Mm -hmm. So how can that be impartial when they've got fined £30 million to yeah. Sheffield? So how can that be impartial? You've then got a barrister, which... I'm sure somebody did some evidence and the barrister was like a I'm sure he was like a Burnley fan. Like it was it was somebody like so you sit there and you think, how can that physically be impartial? You know, like it is it, it's absolutely madness. The only positive I would say, right, um, is Everton appointed um this this KC guy who's meant to be very good. Yeah. And Forrest have already done it before the hearings happened. Yeah. So he will build up that case. He will make it really difficult for them to get the, you know, the it, – it'll tie it in knots, hopefully. That's what yeah. you want them to do. Yeah. Because they've got to come up with a decision this season. You know, they, yeah. they've, they've said that they're going to. Now, the only way they can get away with not giving a points deduction this season is by giving you or Everton a suspended sentence until next season. Yeah. Now, what are Luton going to do with that? Yeah, exactly. And also, I would rather have it this season. If you're looking at, like, Leicester coming back, potentially Leeds and Southampton, that league looks stronger again. It's basically the same league as last year, you know? So in mm -hmm. a way, I'd rather have it done this year. But yeah, you're right. It, it's going to be won and lost in the courts, isn't it? In the appeals and what have you. And this is the other thing I wanted to ask you, Mikey. Your charge was in November, wasn't it? That it yeah. came through. So your appeal process, because you appealed it pretty much immediately, has gone December, January, February, nearly three months, right? Yeah. So now I'm assuming your case, your second. I don't know if you, have you had a date on the second case yet. I think I think it's literally a week after yours. Okay, so it's about the same time, right? Yeah. So that will be that. And they're going to give us the answers beginning of April, apparently. Yeah. And, and then, then they where want... does that three-month appeal process disappear well, to? Well, this is this is where they've said that they want... Is it the appeal answers they want them all done by May? And by, they've pushed so... it forward from a report I saw today, mid-April. Yeah, so so I'm not being funny. Right? All, all jokes aside, right? Say... Let's just go worst case scenarios here, right? Because yeah. ours was bad. Ours was 10. So yeah. say they give you nine. Yeah. And on appeal, it goes down to six. You are going to go into the last three games or whatever it is of that season thinking you have a nine-point deduction. Yeah. Now, that's where teams either crumble or they don't crumble. They either fight yeah. or they don't fight. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you. But how much do you fancy your team to fight? And we've got Burnley, Chelsea and Sheffield as our last three. Well, our last game of the season is Arsenal away. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It's going to be a roller coaster, isn't it? So Ever- Everton have got 11 games to probably, and this is no disrespect to you or Luton, because, you know, it's dog-eat-dog, isn't it? But yeah. we need to pull away from you at least six points better than what you are. Well, I think, no, I think with us as an Everton and Forest, we need to be in front of each other. But we both, for me, in an ideal world, we need to gap Luton by six, seven points. Mate, mate, as you know, I would love Luton to be relegated bottom of the league, if I'm being honest. I I had so much time for Luton. And And then the fans from that club, I need to guard. I have no issues with them going down. I'm actually, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of hoping it happens. So I just don't really want Forrest and Everton to go down. And it's almost yeah. like this brotherhood has formed because yeah. of being done by, a, a, you know, yeah. it's quite funny, actually, because I saw you've had a bit of stick from Everton fans today on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I, and I was sitting there and I was thinking, what you don't understand is, at the time, at the time, it was obvious that Everton had broken the rules. So, therefore, every club was probably going to be like, well, you deserve it, you get it. But then when it happens to your club, you don't want the worst outcome. You want the best outcome. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, and I just think people have forgot that. They've not thought about it. But I think, yeah, it is true, isn't it? It's like, obviously, we bantered it when you first got it, yeah? yeah? But then when it happens to your club, you're like, well, hold on. Let's look at the bigger picture. Put, you know, joking and banter aside. The bigger picture is they're out They're out to screw us. Because you can see it yeah. with the Man City-Chelsea scenario. So I'm, I'm with you. If Forrest and Everton survive this season, then it sticks two fingers up at the Premier League. And yeah, yeah. Luton, Luton just need to do one, bro. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm sitting here praying. Like, I, you know, it would be catastrophic for Everton financially to get relegated. Um, you know, the, this takeover that's been happening for months hasn't happened yet, or probably isn't happening by all the stories. We've then got this new company that are on about buying Everton, and you sit there and you think, Honest to God, for the last three years, I'm almost fed up of it. I'm almost fed up of the constant kicks that Everton have had. And, you know, it's almost like, it sounds awful, right? But it's almost like, the the in your case, the Forest roller coaster today comes to a bit of a, a crunching halt because, you know, two and a half years ago, or whatever it was, Cooper, no doubt, did a great job from bottom to promoted phenomenal job he's standing in the premier league first season good effort great effort can't fault me second season flying whatever and now you're in this position where you're not even going to dictate if you stay up potentially the the only thing you can do to stay up you've got you've got 12 games of football left exactly you're going to win you're going to win eight of them Mm, which we're not going to do do you know what I mean? Not, we've got we've got Liverpool this weekend, mate. You know, <sighs> it's stressful. Luton it's... have got Villa. Yeah, and watch Villa go and do something stupid away. You know, it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, this is my. Can, I, I, can I ask you a quick question? You may. You may. How do you feel 
as, as, a, as a football fan, it, it's almost sunk in a little bit today. Mm. How'd you feel? So my feelings today are I wish you'd got 10 points back and got hit with like a 20 mil fine or something like that. So we've got that, you know, that precedent set as this is the punishment. I'm glad that you got some back because I think from a selfish perspective, at least we have a benchmark, a backstop now to do it. <clears throat> but in all honesty, mate, I'm still I'm probably angry at the finance people in my club. Like, why did they not see this coming? Should they have just sold Brennan Johnson to Brentford if that deal was on the table? Because the 20 million they've made, is that going to be a, a, a safe enough return for potential relegation? Would we not have been better off losing the 20 mil? You know, that's a debate to be had. So I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed at the club. I'm annoyed at the Premier League. I'm annoyed at them seeing their decisions they're making against us. We've talked about the Bolly decision against Bournemouth, the penalty against Newcastle, all the other stuff, all the other crap we've had going on. And I'm sick to death of not focusing on the football because I'm liking what Nuno's doing. But he's he's under more pressure than anyone because I said this to, I think, Ananez the other day. I was like, if the season started when Nuno came in, yeah, when he's come in, and we've got a whole season in front of us. I'm looking forward to that kind of season, seeing how this team progresses and develops. Now I'm just like, survive. And if we survive, let's see what happens next year. Do you know what I mean? That's where my head is at. You're almost writing off the exciting part of the season, which is always the last two, three months, yeah, to see where it's going to finish. And you're like, I, I don't care about it. Just let us survive. And then we'll see where we are next season. And that as a fan just annoys you, doesn't it? It's like, it's not it's football not, anymore. It's not the beautiful game. Exactly. It's not the it's not the beautiful game. It's <laughs> convoluted rich man's playground or ladies' playground that it's it's just destroyed anything that we can associate with you know, we all we all whether we'd win, lose or draw. We used to enjoy going to the game and mm. sitting there having a pint with your mates, having a pie or ten in my case. And you know, just just taking it in, you know, whether it be win, lose, or draw, you were there for your team. And I sit there now and I genuinely do. I don't really celebrate if there's a goal because you expect it to be rolled off. Yeah. I don't get excited if there's a if there's a tackle because it could get converted to a red card for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even get excited by the scoreline if we're winning because I expect something to happen. Mm. And Lewis what's another, header maybe. Mm. Yeah, what's another caveat to that? And you don't necessarily have this problem. It's the football shit. So it really is soul destroying support in Everton right now. It really. I, I, I've been watching your videos, bro, and I know a lot of the guys um, who are watching this watch it as well. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to Mike. So I, I get so many messages from my lot saying, "Have you seen Mike's video this week?" 
is he okay? Do you mind just checking in on him and stuff? I'm like, sir, I'm not even joking. I, I can send you these messages. They're like, Mike's really depressed about this, that, and the other happened on the football pitch or off the pitch. So, you know, it's, it's all, as you said, there's this little brotherhood forming now between Forrest and Everton. There are some fans, as I get, I've seen it on Twitter today, who aren't letting past things go. It's like we're better united than divided on this thing. And I urge the other four team to stand up with us. Otherwise, yeah. it will be them next. It'll be them next. That's the thing. Well, it, it will be when they're, you know, their best players of this world get, you know, Ndingra or Andringra from Brighton. Where's he yeah. going to be playing next season? Because it ain't going to be Brighton. Exactly. You know, Javid Branthwaite, he's not going to be playing at Everton next season. Yeah. Anana, yeah. not at Everton. You know, yeah. you've got Marilla. Yeah. I mean, I've been so impressed with him. More, mm. Are they going to be at Forest, or are you going to have to sacrifice them to, fa- to satisfy PSR, exactly. and then you're just letting the top six teams get better? It's just shambles, mate. Exactly. Just... Exactly. But there you go. On that depressing note, let's wrap it up, Mikey. Uh, appreciate you taking the time, guys. Watching, I hope you found found this insightful. I thought it'd be good to give you an insight into um, the Everton side of this PSR story. And to see how how depressed Mike is, and we've checked up on him, and he's fine. He's fine. He's he's used to it. He's used to it. <laughs> he's a fighter, Mike. As always, thanks for you for your time, bud. Make sure you subscribe to Mike's channel, like this video, do all the usual stuff, and we'll have him back on Beat the Drop. Beat the Drop's coming back soon. We promise. Catch you on the next video. Come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.